Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Are you ready to get serious about your next great beginning? You're ready to turn up the heat, but you'd rather not do it alone? Good news. You don't have to. Become a part of Larry's Dream Intensive Mastermind. It combines the power of commitment with the structure of coaching and learning. Find out more at dreamintensive.com slash mastermind. Episode number 29 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, are you frozen in place by linear thinking? We're going to do some nonlinear thinking in today's episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Well, hello. Let me also just say my welcome to this episode of Reinventure Me, episode number 29. I am here with my co-host, Armin Asadi. And I am Larry Gates. And so we're glad that you can be a part of this episode. We are so looking forward to just diving in in this uh, in this kind of messy way with this topic that we have in mind here today to talk about, which is, are you frozen in place by linear thinking? All right, what I, I have to ask you. I think you have a lot more um, experience being around very linear thinkers than I have growing up. I have very abstract people in my life, like my wife and myself. So what is a definition in your mind of linear thinking? Yeah, good. Good question. Linear thinking is when we think about the next step as a prerequisite before we take the next step. So it's like A comes before B, naturally comes before C, and we can't work on C or D or X or V until we get A, B, and then get to C. You sound like my college math professor. There you go. Well, okay, maybe he was talking one, two, threes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like the English guy, maybe in the ABC. You know, but we want to talk about this whole notion of how we might be like in this matrix of thinking. Right. And it may be a personality thing. Mm-hmm. It might be that there it's... are people who are a lot more creative that are used to thinking nonlinear. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because. I have an entire team now running this company. Yeah. I have an entire team of extremely detail-oriented, list-oriented, mm-hmm. very structured people, mm-hmm. and every everything's sequential. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to take them into the future of something, big picture of something, mm-hmm. they freeze up. But but I haven't, I need to do this and that. Wait, but that's, do you know how many more steps? And they panic right away as soon as you talk big yeah. picture, you know? Yeah. So it's- when I talk to people about their next great beginning and some of the things that they might have in mind, it clearly comes out, this idea of linear thinking and that they want to know what the next step is mm-hmm. and then the step after that and the step after that. And the idea that there might be something that they could do that seems like it's remote, yeah. that doesn't have a near-term payoff. Yeah but has a remote payoff, like it's step D mm-hmm. instead of step A, yep. you know, that just is like, well, why would I do that? 
because uh, you know there's good reasons to do that. We're going to get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. But this idea of always thinking about whether we have to do things in the next step sequence. Yeah, or or the other side of it, I always see too, is that if they don't see all the steps, that it's something that they can't engage. That it's something that they can't pursue. They, it's something that they can't take action on because they can't see all the action steps involved. <laughs> right. And it's they're frozen in place. It's it, Or it's just an instant, no, sorry, I can't do it. I, well, I, you can't get your head around it. Yeah. Because it just seems so like, wow, that's too far out there. It's too you much. Know? There's too much unseen, too much unknown. Too much unknown. Fear kicks in. Exactly. Yep. And that is one thing that keeps us from, I think, discovering many things about our next great beginning is because we put all these conditions on what our next great beginning needs to have. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about linear thinking, that's really what we're talking about. Yep. And we're going to get into some of this. And I want to just point out that if you want to get at the show notes, you can get to them at reinventure.me slash two nine, because this is what? Episode number 29. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I was going to try to tee it up with a... Let me give a refresh here on what linear thinking is about. We started with episode one, and we went to episode two. Now we're up to episode 29. <laughs> That's so funny. So there we go. And fail blog. And, and we should uh, we should really start out, as we do with most of our shows, with, a, uh, with an Inspire Me quote. And this is from the one and only... Shakespeare, and uh, he says something very simple and eloquent, and it is, action is eloquence. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. Three Three words. words. (laughs) (laughs) That's a gut shot right there. (laughs) Yeah, especially for a linear thinker. Yeah, because, uh, you know, in many ways, one of the things that uh, linear thinking does is it shuts down action. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember talking to uh, Ryan. He was getting into the media business. He has his own... um, video production company yeah but when he first started thinking about this video production company and as you'll point out uh, to our audience members if i don't remember ryan is my son yes <laughs> i thought you were going there <laughs> i wasn't sure yeah you had to point that out in an earlier episode and i'm just kind of remembering that but but um i was i was talking to ryan about what does it take to get this business off the ground and mm-hmm. we mapped out everything on a big whiteboard right? mm. and he started telling me about all the equipment that he needs to have <laughs> okay yeah. i'm like well that's that's nothing and right. it's like that was a big issue for him yeah right it's like i have to have all this equipment I'm like, yeah you can rent it yeah you know you can rent that yep. but there are different ways of getting at things i said I, let's forget the equipment thing let's mm-hmm. work on other pieces of the business let's assume that you have that Oof. you know Oof. and that was like taking him over the big divide. Yeah, it's you know, just it's assuming. Like, yeah, uh, let's just assume. Tap into your imagination. That. Yeah, now let's, <laughs> let's talk about what's the service that you're going to offer, assuming you have this. Oh, man. So that's one of the things that you can do, even if a business might be remote for you. Let's say there's practical reasons for you not to start a business this year, if that's what's in your dream. Maybe there's, a, there's good practical reasons for you not to do it. Maybe you don't have enough financial margin to make it happen. Maybe you don't have uh, alignment with your spouse or you want to finish well in the job that you're in, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, because a big bonus is waiting for you at the end of the year, whatever. There might be really good reasons for you to put off your next great beginning to a period of time, but that does not mean that you can't do something with it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to necessarily be in it full time or even be in it part time Mm -hmm. to make some actions steps with it and they don't necessarily need to be the first thing you do yeah they can be some things that are you would consider doing much later 
but they start cultivating your own creativity in how you work. Yeah, I think the more uh, the more you press into something, the more action that you take, I think it actually gives you a clearer picture. I think as long as something stays in your head without action, you're making decisions based on assumptions, not reality. Yeah, that's right. And I think what happens is once you start acting on something, even if it isn't step A, it might be step A, but it maybe it's step C, mm-hmm. you start to find other things that you can start adding to the list of things that you need to be thinking about, contemplating, and working on. Mm-hmm. And so action kind of begets idea. Right. And you in and that's how you start to learn about your next great beginning. Well, this idea of linear thinking, Armin, is kind of preconditioned into us. You know, we used we learned our ABCs and everything was sequential down an alphabet. You kind of learned A first and then you got to B. Mm-hmm. You know, very few teachers start in the middle of the alphabet to teach a kid the right. song, you know. Right. A, B, C, you know, I'm not going to sing the song, but it, it, do, it goes <laughs> no, no, in sequence, do. you know, <laughs> it goes in sequence as, as does our math. You know, mm-hmm. we learn the one, two, threes. And when we're in school, we go from first grade, second grade, third grade, you know that there's something the sequential that's going to follow. It's a very clear linear roadmap. Yeah. And we get conditioned to thinking, especially after we graduate from college, we're thinking, wow, okay, so what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, then you graduate, and you've got all of this world open in front of you. Most of it is nonlinear. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're stuck in this linear paradigm that's like there's nobody really that's going to show me the way. Yep. And what ends up happening is that we try to look for linear structures in what is largely a nonlinear world. Mm-hmm. If you look just at biology, most of biology and what God's created is nonlinear. Mm. We put very linear functions around things and yeah. we like to stamp that out because it makes us feel like we have some control yeah we get order from it yeah and, and when we do that we feel good about ourselves because we kind of know what to expect is next i think it just gives us security yes. because you're you're living in a world where you can predict day in and day out what's next That's and that right. predictability gives you security and that security uh always makes you think all right I don't want to lose my security blanket. So I need to be in a world that I constantly know what the next step is, how to get there, how to accomplish it and then move on. And that's why corporate structures are set up the way that they are. It's you come in as the male guy or go up from there, or you come in with your degree and then you start at this position. And then after two years here, then you go there and it's this, but it's, I mean, it's predictable. It's linear. And you can just live with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and outside of that, then it's, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. And it gets uncomfortable because we don't, we haven't honed the skills to think non-linearly and to be comfortable thinking non-linearly. Yeah. Well, there's three concepts of linear thinking that, uh, that I want to talk about uh, between us. The first is this linear thinking focuses on dependencies and sequences, now, that is almost by definition, but it's really important that we understand that there are dependencies that cause us to halt progress until they're done. Mm. That's what linear thinking does. Linear thinking features in the prerequisite. Huh. It's like, I've got to finish this up, and then I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess maybe um, I can tell that I'm probably a pretty nonlinear thinking by just looking at all the projects that are left undone in my garage. <laughs> You know, I don't necessarily, don't necessarily think that way, but 
prerequisites matter in linear thinking. You shouldn't move on to one thing until something else is done. And we might think uh, linearly, for instance, if we say, you know, I'm going to hold off on doing anything about that new beginning or new venture or new idea I have until the kids leave the house. That would be a way of saying, when that condition is met, then I'm free. And anytime you have this thought that once this happens, then I'm free, you know you're succumbed to linear thinking. Well, there are many steps in our journey of life that are, that are not sequential. Mm-hmm. And we can gain by that, and we can learn by that. And nonlinear thinking, by contrast, is kind of ran, random and, and somewhat messy. But we can find a way to get to our new beginning and the thing that we want to do by maybe trying something that isn't necessarily the next step. It could be something that's a little further down the road. Hmm. It's so funny because you have competing philosophies out there, right? Um, especially in leadership, they always say, um, plan with the end in mind or start with the end in mind. Again, with the end in mind. Right. Yeah. So they say, rather than thinking step one, think the final step mm-hmm. and then work backwards. Mm-hmm. And then you got the other side of the people that say, all right, you know, you know what you, you have this idea, but how can you start it if you don't know the first step to take? And everything starts with the first step. Mm-hmm. So you always have these competing philosophies that mm-hmm. tell you know, no, it's got to be this way, or no, the only way you could do it is this way. But I, I think both kind of play a to kind of an extreme of one side or the other. Or in reality, I think there's a balance, mm-hmm. and I think that's what you're getting to already, and mm-hmm. you're starting to get there, and that's what I like about where you're headed. Yeah, well, th- I think the thing I'm trying to draw attention to in this first key principle is that when we focus on our dependencies, we are more likely to shut down mm-hmm. and then go against what. Shakespeare was saying action is eloquence, right? You know? Yeah. So the key here is when, when we know we've shut down with something, we've probably found some dependency. We may not have named it. Mm -hmm. It may be some conscious, but if you're finding that you're not moving into your next great beginning, you've got this dream that God's put on your heart or this transition that you're in the middle of, and you're finding you're not making any progress with it. It may be simply that there's something that you've put as a dependency and because it's not satisfied, you're not doing the next thing. Right. And now you know you've succumbed to linear thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, second concept, so that's the first one. It focuses on dependencies and sequences. Second concept about linear thinking is that it assumes a perfect ideal. Mm. That's suicide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only measure of success is if I fully finish it. Uh, about that? Yep, I uh sorry, I was just having an anxiety attack thinking about the last time I did that. And every time I think, I, every time I go after perfection, I just I, I just fall apart a little bit cuz then then my goal becomes perfection. It does. You know. And I think there's something inside of many of us that drive us to seeking perfection. We want that great ideal. We want to be validated by having seen that we can produce something that's just so. Mhm. There's not anything I would change with that. It's mm-hmm. just, that's it. Yeah. You know, and we want to stand back and we want to marvel and we want to say, it is good. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know? And I think the key here is when we start to think that I can only proceed on something after I've mastered something else, then we've succumbed to linear thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be that you'd say, um, well, you know, I need to finish my present obligations before I take on anything else. Mm-hmm. But your present obligations 
may not be bringing out the very best in you. And it may be that you feel the obligation to finish your present obligations only because you want them to look perfect. Right. When it could be completely unnecessary. It, completely unnecessary. And yeah. you might be living a little smaller than you should be because maybe the next great beginning is something that's even greater for you to take on. Yeah. And you're worried about how you finish something that is a lesser, lesser task for you to do. So if you feel that and that's and that fits for you, then it put could be that you have succumbed to linear thinking because it assumes this attainment of a perfect ideal. Where nonlinear thinking is incomplete and you're okay with that. I can work on step B, I can work on step C, I can work on step F, and I don't have to complete any of them I, as long as I'm moving forward. Action is eloquence. Mm -hmm. And I can move forward on multiple steps at the same time. They don't necessarily have to be dependent one for another. In my company, um, one of the things when I'm training my guys, I always, when they're in the training mode, it's, uh, <laughs> I, always, I always let them know you're about to enter into my world of boot camp because it, <laughs> it really, it's, it's, it's very rigid training. And, and always... Uh, about a week or two through it where they start feeling like this is overkill. This is overwhelming. I don't know how I can do all this, which is, I mean, it's intense training that we put them through. I always come into the picture and I always say, listen, every single day I'm going to come in here and my team's going to come in here and you're going to be trained and we're going to be pursuing perfection. Every single day we're going to train you for perfection. Mm. And I promise you we'll never hit it. But along the way, we will find excellence. Mm -hmm. I don't care about you finding perfect. All I care about is mm -hmm. you turning out excellent. Mm -hmm. And we, but we always come in because that feels like we're trying to make them perfect. And it's so overwhelming because they can't be perfect. But until they realize, I don't want you to be perfect. I'm just going to set a perfect standard on you. But all my goal is excellence. It's not, it's not, it's not to make you perfect. It's yeah. to make you excellent. Yeah, that's good. And it's for the, and it's something I learned from uh, Vince Lombardi, by the way, but um, it, it, it's so funny until you say that the stress breaks them. But then as soon as they realize the goal actually isn't perfection, it's excellence. But you literally watch them like just breathe out stress. Mm. And it's like, wow, all right, that really works. Well, perfection does tie us up. Yeah. And when we, when we feel like um, what we've done is not good enough because it can always get better mm -hmm. and things can always get better, mm -hmm. um, we feel enslaved to it mm -hmm. and not free. Yeah. And one of the things that happens then is you start to shut down yeah. because you can't attain it. And it's this, it's this overlord that is unrelenting and it's desiring of that in us. And it is our linear thinking that brings us to that. Mm -hmm. it's our it's our thinking that says we've got to finish everything that we ever do and it has to be perfectly finished before i can even entertain doing something else that might be a better fit for what i do and it might energize me if you're working on step a and you're trying to get it done it's not quite done mm -hmm. sometimes jumping over and spending a little time on step c can give you the energy you need to finish up a yeah or maybe the perspective you need to realize oh i don't need to over engineer a mm-hmm I could spend so much time polishing up A that I'm never going to get to B or C or any of the other letters in the alphabet. Yeah. Well, that's the, the, the second concept with respect to linear thinking is that it assumes a perfect ideal. The third is that it optimizes around safety. You know, we were talking about this uh, earlier in the episode. Risk is the primary lens by which you evaluate what you do when it comes to, uh, when it comes to linear thinking. And 
the way in which you assess whether you have wisdom on something is whether it's conventional. You know, so if I'm doing something, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is around something that's been done before. Because if other people have done it, mm-hmm. then that's safe. Right. And if I can find a way to do this so that I don't create more risk, mm-hmm. then it's safe. And linear thinking is always incremental. Yeah. It's not wanting to take large leaps. Yep. It's wanting to take very small, comfortable inside my zone leaps. Yeah. And they're not even really leaps. So we it's it's like you're almost talking about the scientific process, you know? It's like using empirical evidence. Yes. And that's why everybody is probably doing the same thing. They're like, "Well, unless there's something empirically backing it, I'm not going to do it." And that's what convention is. Somebody's done it before. I know it's worked here. It's worked for this person, that person, this business, that business. Yeah, and it could be that it could be that that view, which is to say, I want to make sure that it's been done before before I try it, because you know there are smarter people out there than me, and if they haven't been able to do it, what what makes me think that I can? Mm-hmm. And then there's also this idea of just any kind of risk that you might take with it. Right. So it's like I, I don't, I'm, I, w- I don't want to do something if it's going to cost me too much money or if it's going to require too much of me. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, you might say, well, I don't have enough money in the bank, or I don't have the credentials that I need to do something, and that again shuts you down. It it freezes you in place. It gives you this sense that you have to have the money in the bank before you can take any kind of step or you have to have some kind of credentials before you can take any kind of step but nonlinear thinking can simultaneously hold the fact that a i don't the reality of the a that i don't have money in the bank and b that there are still some things that i can do and that those things might energize me to moving ahead in my next great beginning i love that anything i think that can create balance in your mind and your action and your lifestyle I feel like balance is one of the most important things that you can have just because uh, as long as we live on extremes or one side of the picture or the other side of the picture, I think we always fall short of what our true potential could be. And that's why I like where you're going with this is that you're really talking about how to bring the balance between linear and nonlinear. And I really, I, I, I know I'm being redundant here, but I do really appreciate that. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I mean, the idea here is not to pick on linear thinking. The idea is to say that we may be unaccustomed to knowing whether we're frozen because of our linear thinking, and that there might be some nonlinear options that can break that freeze for us and keep us moving ahead. In plenty of occupations, you want to have really good linear thinking. Mm-hmm. When I get on an airplane, for instance, I want to know that the pilot is going through a very linear process of going through the pre-flight checklist. Very I don't important. want him being random about that at all. Right. I don't want him to <laughs> skip step six and go to step ten. Right. You know, I want him to go through it in order. Yep. You know, that's that's pretty important to Especially me. Especially during landing. Yeah. Pre-surgical <laughs> procedures. You know, you go into the hospital. You want to make sure that they're that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing then as well. So post-surgical. Hey, did we get that sponge out of his stomach? <laughs> exactly. You know, so so this isn't to pick on linear thinking. This is only to raise awareness where linear thinking might be causing us to freeze in place. And it's an unnecessary type of a delay. Yeah. Because there's plenty of things that we can do that are maybe not the next step. So what are what are ways in your experience that we can hone in on our non-linear thinking if we're we if we are linear thinkers? Well, there's a few things that we can do, and one is to take a break from how. 
we often think about what we're going to do in terms of how we're going to do it. Oh, okay. That's okay. Sorry. I was confused for a second. Okay. Yeah. How? how? Take a break from how. <laughs> how? <laughs> <laughs> so think instead of how about something, think the why about something. Spend some time thinking about why you are wanting to pursue your next great beginning, so, why that dream is important to you. So basically you're th- saying, let's figure out the heart behind it rather than the process within it. Yeah, we often just go straight to process and we don't spend enough time thinking about the why part. Mm-hmm. And and then when you think about the why part, you can start thinking about the what's behind it. Yeah. And when you come up with the what's, the what's are are the deliverables, the way in which it, the why expresses itself. Right. And the how are the linear processes or the linear steps that you can get there. And even mm-hmm. even then in the how, you can get there in fairly nonlinear ways as well. Yeah. But we often spend most of our thought cycles around how am I going to do something Mm -hmm. as opposed to the creative process. Yeah. Robert Fritz wrote a book called The Path of Least Resistance. Mm. And he talks about these two paradigms. There's a creative paradigm and then there's a reactive paradigm. Mm. And the creative paradigm is always talking about what could be. It's imagining what we want to create. Whereas the reactive paradigm is starting with our circumstances and saying how. How do I get around this? How do I do something? And that, by definition, is becomes a very linear way of thinking. Mm. The creative paradigm is thinking more about the why and the what do I want to create. Mm. So let's take an example. Suppose you are, well, there's a guy that I met with this week that wants to move into helping people recover from drug addiction. Mm. Okay, now that's a good why. Yeah. He's very strong about that, and you could see he was passionate about it. He had some personal experience in that that gave him credibility and empathy mm. to help people that are in a drug recovery. So now the question comes down to that's the why, and you can think about all kinds of reasons for doing that, and that's kind of his why. But now think about the what. So what is the the ways in which he can do that? And well, he could become a speaker. He could become an author. He could produce videos that train people. Mm. He could create methods. There's all kinds of expressions, the what's, to satisfy that why. Now, in each of those expressions, whether it's a speaker, an author, a producer of training material, what have you, Mm -hmm. there's hows that support each of those. And the how to become a speaker is different than the how to become an author, which is different than the how to become a producer of curriculum and all the rest. Hmm. And sometimes we get so preoccupied with how do I get to my next great beginning? We haven't stepped back hmm. to say, let's, let's give how a vacation for a while. Yeah. You know, let's talk about what, and let's talk about why first and hmm. then what, and then we can get to some of the hows that might be there. So just give how a vacation. That's one idea. Here, here's another idea to hone nonlinear thinking. Think about developing an alternative roadmap. When we sit down and think about how to get something done, we often go with our first gut on that. We start with what we think is the next thing we need to do, and we we go from there. But if we think about creating as, list out as many things as you think you need to do, and put them out in order if you want. Think linearly about it. Then take that sheet of paper, either set it aside or throw it in the trash, and create another one. Hmm. And create as many different ways in which you might go about achieving what you're trying to achieve. And you'll find that there aren't as many dependencies, perhaps, as you might think they are. It's a way of unlocking 
uh, some of those as well. So what's the next thing? Well, another idea would be to ask somebody else. You know, it's I think we stick to that quite a bit. Well, you know, that's a that's really important because other people have different ways of thinking about things. Yeah, they have a different perspective. Yeah, I'll I'll ask Anna about something and she'll figure out how to solve something I wouldn't have even thought of because yeah. her brain works totally differently than mine. So sometimes just ask another person how they would approach whatever you have in mind. Their ideas might unlock some new ways of thinking about your next step. And what you might do even is ask them to tell you what the most unconventional next step would be. Hmm. Instead of just saying, what do you think I should do? Or what steps would you take? Have them think, well, what would be the zaniest thing that I could do yeah. here? And just to kind of open up some new thinking for you as well. Yeah, even in psychology classes, you know, uh, I, I always remember going, getting the Kiersey temperament test, later became the Myers-Briggs test, mm -hmm. where you're always taught about all these different types of personality types and different personality types view the world differently, process situations differently. And each time there's 16 different personality types that you have. So you have 16 different ways to take one thing and look at it. So no matter what the situation is or what the project is, in psychology, you basically learn there's 16 sides to that. Right. right. And and we tend to think that when we come across something that we think are the action steps, we get married to it. That's why finding new, new ways to do it even for ourselves and then getting input from other people can help break our linear thinking about things. Yeah. Uh, the, the, another thing is we could take a look at what our action steps are. And so maybe we have that roadmap and we can take a look at some of the things that are both internal, internally controlled things I can take responsibility for and things that are externally controlled, things that other people can take responsibility for. So there are there some things while you're waiting on some external input or dependency or something somebody else needs to do, are there some things that you can do while you're waiting? Hmm. Because sometimes we think about, well, I can't make this happen until this comes in um, or until this event occurs that I have no control over. But there are probably some things that, okay, let's assume, like I, I told Ryan, let's assume that event was done. Mm -hmm. What would you do next? Mm -hmm. And if you don't actually need that thing to mm -hmm. do the next thing, then there's really no dependency there. We're just psychologically putting ourselves into this halt mode right. until some external dependency comes about and, and we're frozen again. I love that. <laughs> There, there's so many different processes you can or resources out there that you could use with ideas. I, I, I always end up with entrepreneurs and uh, there are always people that are far ahead of me. So I'm always trying to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. And but they always have so many ideas that you're trying to keep up with that you always I always have to create these systems where you sit them down and think, all right, so I want you to throw all your ideas at me. But here's how these ideas are going to work. There's a yes pile. There's a maybe pile and there's a no pile. Mm -hmm. And then you get them to tell you all their ideas and then you give them guidelines around what yes is, what no is, and what maybe is. And then you literally write down those ideas and then you make them pick. Is this a yes pile? As in this, yes, we're going to do it. It's important. It's urgent. You need it. You want it. It meets all these criteria. Yes. All right. We're going to put that idea there. If it's no, after this meeting, that's going in the garbage. Mm -hmm. If it's a maybe, then it's we're going to keep it in the idea log, and it's going to stay there. And then when we're done with the yeses, then we can come and go after the, you know, the maybes, which kind of seems like linear thinking, but yeah. really it's saying no. I want all your ideas. All the ideas. Yep. Right. And then we can pick and choose, and we're going to do as many of them as we have time to do, and keep it in a real, a realistic realm. Mm -hmm. And and there's another bucket that you can yes, uh, maybe no. 
and maybe there's a not yet bucket. Yeah, that's the maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the maybe could be whenever, but yep. maybe there's the not yet is we're going to do this, but mm-hmm. not yet. Yep. The maybe still could have some uncertainty to it. Oh, that's true. And and the and the not yet is that's a good idea, but the time is not yet right for that, or mm-hmm. not fully right for it. Yep. And I often find that it helps me. A few years ago, I created a good ideas that can wait list. Yeah. Because I'll come up with an idea and I'll go, well, that's really good. And I'm tempted to just go run after it. <laughs> and I realize that I need to be careful not to sacrifice something I'm currently doing mm-hmm. that I do want to finish. Is that linear thinking perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> but but there are good ideas that can wait and sit in a bucket and they can cultivate. And I can go back and I can look at that and I go, well, I still have energy for that. Or I don't have energy for it anymore. Mm. Yeah. And I can find for those that I do, there might be something that I can do to help move that along as well. Uh, that's a great idea. I like that a lot, actually. Well, Larry, it's probably time we go into the Challenge Me segment. Right on. Okay, the Challenge Me is going to be very simple. We listed about five ways you can hone your nonlinear thinking. Just pick one or create your own in a nonlinear way. Try <laughs> something this week that is a little bit different, that is a little bit unconventional. Find something that you can do that would take your next great beginning a little bit further down the road, even if it isn't the next thing that you might naturally think you should do. Well, we hope that that works well for you. We'd love to hear your feedback on it and our show notes at reinventure.me slash 29. Leave a comment. Let us know what some of your nonlinear next steps might be. And if you like this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell your friends. You can get to the iTunes page directly at reinventure.me slash iTunes or at Stitcher at reinventure.me slash Stitcher. Well, we'd love to also receive any comments that you have or questions on our show line at 612-314-5447. Thanks again for joining us. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>